Good morning, good morning everyone. My name is Pastor Joe and it is Tuesday morning, January the 18th. I want to welcome you to um, our weekly podcast uh, where we open up the Word and, um, and read His Word, hear His Word, and walk in His Word. So I just thank you for joining me today for um, an hour or less. We'll see how this goes, and um, just thank you for, for taking the time to listen to this podcast, and if you like it, share it with your friends and family. Um, I think that the word needs to go out there. So as we begin today, I want to start with a prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this time uh, with you, with your word. And Father God, we just ask for your Holy Spirit to minister to uh, the ears that are listening, the hearts that are yearning for you, Father God. And thank you, Lord, that you are the one that gave us our daily bread. So thank you, Lord, for the spiritual food that feed us and help us grow, grow in faith, grow in, in strength, Lord, spiritual strength, as we uh, learn to Um, navigate this life and walk this life with you. So I thank you, Lord, for the blood of your son, son Jesus, um, who had redeemed us and saved us. And so bless every ears and hearts that hear this message. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name. Today we're going to turn to the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35. And um, the topic of my podcast today is about the hearing of the ear and how important it is for, for us to hear the Word of God. And uh, most importantly, it's how important it is to, for us to consecrate our ears that we can hear God every day. It's very surprising that a lot of Christians have never heard God. Um, you know, um, they just have never heard God. They read the Word, and they go to church, listen to the preaching. But it's very important that, that we all need to learn to hear God for ourselves, because Jesus said that, My sheep knows me, they hear my voice, and they obey it. So if Jesus said that we can hear Him, we can And so it's important today that as believers in Christ, as children of God, um, it is important for us to hear God speaking to our hearts and to us. Um, And you know what? It's a great blessing to be able to hear God. When God speaks, it's like water to the soul, cleansing water. So I want to invite you today to... uh, Enter into this Bible study with me. And as we read Mark chapter 4, verse 30, starting verse 35, and we're going to unpack this story and how it relates to our hearing from God and how it affects our life, our walk, our daily walk with God. And I pray that it is impactful and life-changing for, for everyone. So on that note, we're going to start reading. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. 
Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. I'm reading from the New King James Virgin, Version. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Hallelujah. Um, so I want to draw your attention to um, verse 35. Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross over to the other side. And uh, this, I believe that this uh, command from our Lord to the disciple. Um, Somehow or another, they missed that, okay? When Jesus gave the commandment to let us go to the other side, um, the disciples were still operating out of their immaturity. They were still operating in the natural, in the flesh. And so they understood the commandment. They, they, they understood that they are to get the boat ready and launch it into the sea and get themselves and the master, Jesus, to the other side. And so it was um, uh, a commandment that they feel that uh, it's not too hard. They've done this before. They are fishermen. Most of them were. And so when Jesus gave the commandment to go to the other side, they quickly got the boat ready uh, and launched into the sea. Um, the mistake that they make here is, is firstly that um, they were operating out of their confidence in their experience as fishermen, as boat-faring people. They were having confidence in those abilities and experience. And they quickly forget that Jesus meant something more than just telling them that they're going to the other side. We need to remember that when God, when Jesus said for us to go to the other side, it means that no matter what happens to us along the way, that comes away along the way, like the storms, uh, calamities, trials and tribulation that comes along the way, we, we, we need to remember that He is with us and His words say that we are going to the other side. So our faith must be on His word, not our abilities, not our gifts, not our strength, not our experiences. So what I'm seeing here is misplaced faith. The disciples have misplaced their faith Instead of the Word of God, the commandment of God, they put it on their experience and their own abilities. And you know, when we 
walk in this life with God, it's very important that we learn to, to put our confidence in God's Word rather than uh, confidence in our flesh, in our abilities, in our giftings. Paul says in Philippians verse 3 that I put no confidence in the flesh. And so Paul understood this. That yeah, you can launch a boat into the water. But it doesn't necessarily mean that your abilities will get you to the other side. What will get you to the other side of the sea is the Word of God. So when God gives the commandment that we're going to the other side, we are going to the other side. So let's look at our, our life here, for example. You know, when we're going through uh, financial troubles, relationship troubles, um, you know, a job loss, uh, a tragedies, these are very common to um, our everyday life experience. But how many of us uh, train our ears to hear what God is saying rather than, than looking at the, the natural and trying to, to deal with these challenges and difficulties on our own, right? Um, who needs to go to God when you have the bank to lend you the money? Who needs God to heal you when you can go to the doctor. We are so natural and we operate on our own abilities in those ways. And um, it's time for us to be spiritual rather than natural. How many of us, um, you know, when we look at the economy and looking at the numbers and the market indicators, we're saying to ourselves, well, you know, now is the time to invest and let's make some money. Um, but yet, you know, in Deuteronomy, Jesus said, God says that, you know, it is He who gives us the power to make wealth. So we have to decide for ourselves today, how are we going to operate our lives? How are we navigating our lives? Do we, do we operate and navigate our lives from the confidence of the flesh? in your uh, smartness, in your giftings, um, or we're going to walk in His Word and have confidence in His Word. And, and I believe that it is better, uh, a better path, a better way forward for us in this life to have confidence in the Word of God. I've seen too many people um, fighting in their relationship with their spouse and not coming to God and um, you know they get to the point where they they get so exhausted fighting each other that uh, um, they arrive at the brink of their marriage and that's when they turn uh, toward God as a last act of desperation God help me help me <laughs> and um, you know God is so good and graceful and merciful to us that, yeah, He will help us. But I believe that He meant for us to walk in, in His Word so that we have confidence in His Word that whatever comes along the way, 
we can depend on his word rather than our abilities to to fight our battles on our own, right? Amen. Um, but then, you know, all this can be um, summarized in the fact that we need to train our ears. We need to consecrate our ears to God's Word. And God is, is I believe, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today, tomorrow, until Jesus comes again. Let, let those who have ears, let them hear. Remember the, the story of uh, Peter and disciples when they were in the Garden of Gethsemane? Um, it was the time that the soldiers came to arrest Jesus. And when they arrived, Peter took out his sword and swiped it at the soldier, resulting in one of the ear of the soldier being cut off. Jesus put out his hand and healed the soldier's ear. Peter was acting on his flesh. He had a sword. He knows how to fight. And so he uses it. But Jesus, you know, the word says that, you know, the, the, the weapon of our warfare is not carnal, but spiritual, mighty to pull down strongholds. So D Peter was depending on, 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 on himself, on his flesh, operating on his strength and abilities. But Jesus, even though he is the Son of God, who can call upon a legion of angels to intervene and rescued him, but he didn't do that, did he? He did not allow his flesh to fight, to resist to protest, to defend himself. Jesus did not even allow his position as a son of the Most High God to come in the way of his obedience to the Father. And his obedience to the Father is to go to the cross and die for us, to be the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And this innocent lamb had to die for us so that He can redeem us to Himself, so that we can hear His Word today and be reconciled to Him and walk with Him and fulfill His call upon our lives. But you know, how many times have we allowed our flesh to take over the driver's seat when we are being challenged and pushed and triggered nowadays? How many times have we used our position of authority to advance ourselves. Oh, I'm the boss here. Who made you my boss? Who made you the boss? I'm the boss. And I do what I want. And I'm just speaking from, you know, a Christian perspective. How many of us who are Christians behave in such a manner when our authority and, and, and when we're being challenged? And I'm going to go further with this. You know, how many of us have used the scripture to advance ourselves in the pursuit of prosperity and security and the pleasure and comfort of this life? This is the uh, American gospel, the Western version of Christianity, where we 
we use the scripture to put more confidence in our flesh rather than on God. We're feeding our flesh rather than feeding the spirit. And that's what happened is, is as we feed the flesh, the spirit gets weaker. But as wise people, we need to, to feed the spirit and starve the flesh. We have to deny ourselves, Jesus said. Pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Right? Meaning to deprive our flesh of the, the opportunities to strengthen itself. So, you know, you, you look at the world around you, how many Christians are fighting and protesting on the street, like we saw two weeks ago in, in the Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., right? We, we fight tooth and nail for a kingdom that will perish, but we will not fight tooth and nail for a kingdom that is eternal, imperishable. Amen? Put no confidence in your strength, no confidence in your abilities or position of authority. All these will fade one day. And may I say that it might be taken forcefully away from us. We will lose some battles and we will be demoralized and find out that our confidence in God was not, was not there. And that's why Jesus said to the disciples, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Why is it that you have no faith? Because we have misplaced our confidence, our faith in God. But we have placed it on the things of the natural. And so what is natural is not eternal. What is natural is corruptible. What is natural is fallible. It will break. It will cease to work. So don't put your trust in the things that are perishable, but put your trust in the things that are imperishable. And the Word of God is eternal. It is forever. And God's promises to us are yes and amen. Put confidence in that rather than, than confidence in the promises of men, promises in the, the cunning and uh, crafty words of men. Oh, do this and uh, you'll be blessed. Uh, join me in this marketing scheme and you will be rich and prosperous. Right, how many times have we heard that, right? We will be sorely disappointed if we put our faith in the words of men. Hallelujah. So today, you know, consecrate your ears. In Exodus 21 verse 6, uh, it talked about um, a slave. Uh, in those days, they have slaves, and um, they have slave market where rich people would go into the market and buy slaves. And a lot of times these slaves were, um, uh, you know, um, result of uh, a family being in debt and cannot repay uh, the debtor 
and so they have to sell their children uh, to serve uh, the debtor. And so um, people would go into the marketplace and buy slaves. And so according to the Word of God, it says that when you purchase a slave, he shall serve you six years, but on the seventh year you shall let him go. And if he... Um, decided that, you know, I served this master for six years and he's been good to me. Um, I have a wife in his household. I have children in his household. Um, I'm blessed in his household. Why should I leave? I, I have nowhere to go. Um, and so there is a ceremony for this slave to remain with his master and this ceremony is for, uh, for him to put his ear to the door of his master's home and for the master to put a nail through his earlobe. And that ceremony signifies that he is no longer a slave by obligation, but that he is now a bond servant, one who choose freely to stay with his master. And why is this story important or significant to us today is, is it tells the story of Jesus who went to the market and purchased uh, us, us who are slave to sin, uh, slave to, to this world. And, um, and he purchased us with his precious blood so that he can bring us into his kingdom, that he would take us from our kingdom, the kingdom of slavery, the kingdom of depravity, into his glorious, majestic kingdom, loving kingdom. And uh, as we discover in this new kingdom, this kingdom of peace, love, and joy, that um, it is better here than over there, than the life it was. And for us to remain in this kingdom, we, um, we need to be consecrated. Consecrated. We need to consecrate ourselves, consecrate our hearts. Um, scripture says in John 8, verse 34 to 36, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if a son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. What Jesus is saying is, yeah, you can go free and go back to your own life and old life but if we would still but we would still remain a slave but if you are a son you abide forever and it is the son that is truly free to to be a son who abide and to be a son who is free is to be consecrated and yeah uh, we are to crucify the flesh. We are to 
commit ourselves to God's Word. And sometimes that's a painful thing, like the experience of having a nail driven through the doorpost. Um, so is consecration. Consecration is, is not having the freedom to do whatever you want to do. Consecration, especially with your ear, is to train your ears to hear His Word only. Not your Word, not the Word or opinions of men, not um, some fantasies um, or, you know, lies of the, the evil one. But it is to consecrate our ears to listen to Him. What is He saying today? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Another way to see consecration is like um, is like the relationship between a husband and his wife, a couple who is married. Consecration is like the ring on the on, on their fingers, and the the ring which is round and securely fixed to the the finger here signify um, our commitment to each other. That we are no longer free to chase after women, other women, and that we are no longer free to chase after other men. We are to devote ourselves to each other and to keep ourselves pure in, in, in the marriage bed. That is consecration in sickness and in health for rich or for poor, that as we are consecrated together, we remain together. The ring symbolizes our commitment to each other for life until death do us part. And in the same way, we need to consecrate our ears to God. It belongs not to us anymore. It belongs to God. And so as we learn to train our ears to hear God, um, I see us as, as people, as, as waiters and waitresses who serve at the dinner table and listen to the Master's commandment. And as the Master gives the order, we take the order and we run with it and deliver back to the uh, Master what he requested. You know, that's, that's waiting on God. That's the ear that's consecrated, is to wait on God and to hear Him. This reminds me of a story uh, in, um, um, I think, Second Samuel 23, I think. Uh, but it's the story of David's mighty men. They were fighting the Philistines. And they were surrounded. Uh, David and his army were surrounded by the enemy. And it was a long day. But David was thirsty. And he lamented out loud, or maybe even speak wishfully out loud, that, uh, oh, how I thirst, how I long for the water that comes from the well of Bethlehem. And just these words, three men heard it 
decided to break through the enemies that encircled them, ran to Bethlehem, and came back with the water for David. I don't believe that this David's words were a commandment to these men. But these men overheard David and took his words seriously and commit themselves and risk their lives to break through the enemy so that they can get David this cup of water. A cup of water seems very insignificant to us or to them, but is not. They have risked their lives so that they can bring David this cup of water. And this story is, is wonderful in a sense that um, they were not forced to risk their lives. They, they were not even commanded to risk their lives. These were David's mighty men, and I believe that they are mighty uh, in deeds, but in the heart, they were mighty in the heart. They were mighty in their hearing of David. And uh, all it takes was just a word, not even a commandment, for, for, for those words to uh, take flight in the lives of these men. And so when the men brought back this, this uh, cup of water for David, David says, um, Far be it for me to drink this cup of water. Uh, and he poured out this cup of water as an offering to the Lord. What a beautiful story that is. Let us overhear God's word today. You know, just be like the mighty men of David. Just sitting around, hanging around David, who is a type of Christ. And train our ears to hear the master, the, the general, um, the general of the armies of heaven, right? And um, let us hear his word and run with his word to bring him the cup of water that, that glorify him, that blesses him. That's what we want to do uh, with our ears, is to consecrate it and um, run with his words. Amen. Hallelujah. As we consecrate our ears to God, we become expert at hearing the small things, uh, not, not the big things. I mean, you know, how many of us here know the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's donkey. Thou shalt not murder. Um, thou shalt honor your mother and father. We are expert at that. And, um, you know, none of us, most of us don't kill anyone. Most of us don't uh, steal anything. Most of us honor our mother and father. And a lot of us, we, we tend to gauge our spirituality based on, on these commandments. But what separates us from just being normal to become mighty to become um, consecrated in Christ is for us to hear the still, small voice of God speaking to us. That's important. It's the small word that God speaks to us.
Be a master of that. So when God speaks to us about our attitude, when God speaks to us about our rebellion, uh, when God speaks to us about us being greedy, being carnal, being impatient, um, not generous with our uh, money and our resources, uh, when God says that we are dishonoring people in authority, these are the small words that, that all Christians should be able to hear from God and, and allow those words to, to uh, minister to us, whether it is a word of correction, whether it is a word of uh, comfort or rebuke. Just like Jesus rebuked the disciples on the boat. How is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? You know, if you find yourself fearful in, in, in your life regarding things that, relating to things that are financial or um, relationship or, um, you know, anything, a, a lost job, uh, a changing of the government, Oh, you know, Joe Biden is going to take office tomorrow and uh, the sky is falling kind of things. If you're fearful in that manner, where's your faith? Right? So, but God says to, no, listen, train your ears to hear my word. Don't, don't listen to CNN. Don't listen to, uh, you know, faithless words. Uh, don't listen to words that, that builds confidence in the flesh, but listen to the small word that builds your spirit. It's those small words that really build your spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is at work. And what is the Holy Spirit doing? It is, he is preparing us as a bride for Christ. And He is talking about he's working to remove the spots and wrinkles that are in our lives and i believe that in order for for the holy spirit to do that in our lives we need to be a master of small things especially things that's that god speaks about us be the master of the small words not the big words don't murder well everybody most of us here don't murder anyone but then the Holy Spirit will say, you know, if you're angry with your brother, or if you hate your brother, you have already committed a sin. Ooh. How many of us have expressed hate to one another, to our neighbor, to a brother and sister, to a mother? How many of us have done that? And so we are guilty of that sin. And God's saying that today. Are you hating your brother? How about this? A beautiful one, woman walks by and you find yourself lurking and looking at her and, and um, lusting after her. And the Holy Spirit says, Hey buddy, what you doing? <laughs> right? Um, you know, that's an example of not consecrating your eyes. <laughs> But most importantly, we need to consecrate our hearts to not allow it to lust because sin comes from the heart.
You know, um, the heart above all is deceitful, the Bible says. And God is the one who searched the heart. The Holy Spirit is the one who searched the heart. And He will speak to us those things that are small. And it's like a cancer cell. And God has these lasers, laser eye uh, that focus on, on the small little cancerous cell of sin. And He would want us to, to destroy that before it becomes... Uh, big before it grows and metastasize and and destroy this body, destroy relationship, destroy marriages, destroy families, right? And so we need to be the master of small things. And you know, there is one master who, one who has eyes for this, and that's the eyes of the Lord who searches the heart. And he searches your heart and my heart. But we need to listen to him. You know what David says to God is, Lord, search my heart and test me. Test my mind. You know, let's just invite God, like David invite God today, to, to search our heart, to test our mind. And, and, and when David says to test our mind, it's like, it's like um, allowing God to, to put pressure, put the heat on us so that the, the, um, the fire of God would expose those things that are uh, sinful, that are unclean before Him. Um, he's like a refiner's fire that, that uh, all the impurities will be uh, burned away, uh, all the dross will be uh, removed from us. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing for us every day. Matthew, in Matthew 5, um, verse 18, Jesus said, For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. I'll say that again. Till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. One jot, one tittle. The word jot is in the, in the Greek means iota. It means a point. The smallest, uh, uh, you know, a symbol, uh, a comma, uh, you know, a, a dot. That's how important those small things are in our lives. And in, in, the, uh, in the commandments, in the laws of God, a dot is important. And the dot or that point, when God speaks to us, that is a dot. That is a point. And, um, and that point has to make itself known in our lives because it's significant. And for, for the building of our faith, for the growth of our um, inner man. Hallelujah. We should not neglect these small words. When we neglect it, we are not transformed. We are not transfigured into His likeness. We are resisting God in the small things. But the one who abides is the Son. you got to abide in Him. 
abiding in His Word. Hallelujah. Be a master of the small things. How many of us here, um, you know, um, when we buy something, we are looking for flaws so that we can negotiate the price. Like, let's say if you buy a phone, you're looking for flaws. Is any scratches? Does it work all right? You know, we, we, we are the master of small things in those departments. And God is the same way. He, he looks at us and, and he, He's looking for flaws and imperfection and blemishes. And uh, it's not to devalue us like we do, you know. Uh, let's say you go buy a used phone and, and uh, oh, you find a small scratch and you say, you know, I'm not going to pay full price for that, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that from you for a discounted price. God's not going to do that. Uh, he you know, with us, he, he looks for those flaws and, and uh, he tells us about it so that we can change and those flaws will no longer be. And uh, that's how we get transformed into his likeness. We become perfect as he is perfect. And uh, yes, Jesus is coming back for a bride without spots and wrinkles. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I pray today that, that you have eyes uh, on Jesus and that your ears are consecrated to his word and um, let his uh, word um, transform, metamorphosize us, transform us into his likeness. Hallelujah. And so, just to conclude, we are to be like the disciples. And God knows what He's doing when He is birthed in our heart, when we become born again, is He gives us His Word, and He gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher, our guide. And uh, He's the agent that... Um, that transform us and prepare us for the second coming of Christ. But um, in practice, as we see the world is um, going through many changes, uh, we too are going through changes. And um, but we want we don't want to be sucked into the the ways of the world and, and walk in the ways of the world but we are to be the salt and light of the world um, and so that as the days are darker that God's children become brighter and brighter uh, brighter so that we can lead people to Christ brighter so that we can draw all men to Jesus you know, as a light is, is um, bright, people will see directions. They will see a pathway. And we are those, those uh, light that shines in the dark, that people will find um, their way to heaven, that they will find their way back to God. That's how our life should be. And um, let them see the Christ in you. That is... Uh, my prayer for myself 
That is my prayer for you, for my family, and for the world, that you would come to Christ and consecrate your, your life. And uh, it will bring much blessing to you and to those around you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your word today. And I thank you, Lord, for those who are listening and following uh, Pastor Joe in this podcast. Thank you for your patience. I'm just doing my best to unpack what is God is speaking to, to me. And I pray that this word is relevant for you in this hour. That, that God's word um, strengthen your faith. That his word would uh, repair your marriage. That his word would empower you. Give you confidence in him every day. That um, your, your faith would not be wavering. And uh, that you would not be drowning in the sea of, of fear and drowning in the sea of depression and depravity. But um, that His Word to you will give you wings and take flight in your life. That you will soar over all your trouble. And um, that you have peace. Peace like Jesus sleeping on the pillow in the middle of a storm, sleeping like a baby. Let it that be uh, for you as well, is that when the flood comes, when the storms comes, when the trials and tribulation comes, that you have the peace to sleep and rest. Rest in His Word. Jesus had confidence in the Father. And so we are to have confidence in His Word that, uh, you know, say if the airplane is, is uh, going through turbulence and everybody's panicking and reaching out for their seatbelt, of course you should reach out for your seatbelt. But I'm just saying that we should reach out to Him, to His Word and His promises that it's going to be okay with you. It's going to be okay for your life. And even if this life is taken away from you, it's going to be okay because you are already have eternal life and that you're safe and secure in Him because a son abides forever in the house and whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. So you're no longer bound in sin anymore but that you are to rule over it. Hallelujah. So thank you my friends. Thank you my family. And thank you, Lord, for taking the time to, to hear these words. And um, so we, we thank you, uh, God, for these prayers and that you hear these prayers and, and uh, you lift us up, O oh God. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Have a good day and um, hope to, to uh, hear from you and um, hope that you would join me again next week. And uh, hopefully that uh, there'll be a, another good message coming for you. I'm always uh, waiting on the Lord for a message that is relevant to you and to this very hour that we're living in. So have a good and blessed week. Bye for now.